Hey, welcome Kingdom Real Estate Investors to our Wednesday edition of the podcast show. This is an excerpt from our live real estate show we do every single week with business owners, real estate investors from all over the country. If you're enjoying this and you want to join us every week or see who our next guest is that we're going to be hosting this week, go to thekingdomrei.com forward slash live. That's thekingdomrei.com forward slash live to join us and register and again to see what special guests we'll be bringing on this week. Enjoy the episode. Let me bring up my man here. My man Christopher Nelson, everybody. Chris is a great friend. He's a very sophisticated investor, operator, comes from the tech world. He's got a super interesting story and he's got a great, such a great story. And um, next week, by the way, we're talking about building your keynote message, which is going to be incredible. But the reason I bring that up is because Chris is a tech entrepreneur guy and he comes from that world of kind of where like you build, like the whole thing in the world of tech is like you build this company to get to an IPO, right? So you can sell out and you get this big, you get this big check. Problem is then what? <laughs> like, then what do you do with it? And so what his mission is to help guys who experience an IPO take that money and invest in cash flowing assets so that they can actually have freedom. Because unfortunately, when you have a great IPO, first of all, you're paying half of that back to taxes. Uh, so you're left with half of what you got. And then you still got to keep working because you know you just can't spend that money. Right. So most of these guys don't understand that they can invest in an asset that can produce cash flow for them so they can get out of this IPO rat race. Um, and so I love Chris's story. I love his mission. I love what he's doing in this world. He's a great fund of funds manager, done this several times. So without further ado, Chris, what's up, my man? Hey man, excited to be here, Ellis. Excited to be with Kingdom REI and share what I've learned. And you're right. I mean, we have uh, some, some brothers and sisters out there in the tech world who get into what I call the golden jail, where all of a sudden you start getting this tech equity and it's easy to let it bleed into your lifestyle. It's easy to, uh, you know, not even know what to do with it. But then what happens is then you get caught up in the busyness of what tech is, the 24 by 7 lifestyle. The next thing you know, you don't understand how to retire. You don't understand how to get off the rat race. So this is where I feel called to serve. And, you know, I have been, you know, ramping up and leveraging the fund to fund models to really help me grow my business as, as an aggregator, right? I'm not trying to be an operator, I really want to try and, and put deals together as a capital raiser. And this has become, and it's becoming the main tool in my arsenal. You know, and I love that, Chris, because you've, you've noticed by yourself, hey, I don't really want to be the operator. And guys, that's okay. Like you can actually be a part of great deals and not necessarily be the operator and carve out your slice of the watermelon for yourself. And that's exactly what Chris is doing at large scale. And so, Chris, I want to turn it over to you, man. I know you said you had some slides and things you wanted to work through. Um, guys, Wealthward Capital is the name of Chris's company. I just want to encourage you to go check him out. Um, you know, he's, he's all over LinkedIn, the internet. So, so Chris, Chris will put his information in the chat later, but go yeah, ahead. Hit me with the, uh, let me share. Good. Let's let's do this. Let's hey, do this. by the way, are you guys ready for this? Hold on. Chris is about to share what he's literally learned over years, years of doing this. Raising. He's raised millions of dollars and you guys are getting this for free. Actually not for mm. free. So why don't you go subscribe to my YouTube channel? So are you ready? Like, can I see something in the chat? Of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's here. chat it up. Let's bring the energy to today, up. people. Chris is about to bring the word. Give my man some love. Yes, 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 yes. So right, I, I am, 
I am Christopher Nelson. I am here. Thank you so much, Ellis. And as he said, I got into this business because I was a man trying to find the way out. And I have been blessed to work for some amazing companies. I'm actually presently back. Feel called to go back into tech because to go through another IPO and show people that you can actually do it thinking like an investor. This is part of a book from Nodo to IPO that I'm going to be releasing later this summer. Uh, and so what I wanted to, to really share with you today, right, I'm going to get right into it. Number one, I'm not an attorney or an investment or tax advisor, right? This is not legal. This is not any legal advice. This is my personal experience with the fund to fund models. And I want to break it down. What, what Ellis asked me to do is he said, look, I want you to give a 20 minute course on what it's going to take. Like if people want to get their heads around what this is, why you use it and how to make sure that you, you avoid exemptions. And so, so using the fund to fund or S SPV structure. So you need to understand that fund of funds or SPV special purpose vehicle, those terms are used synonymously. Or if you think about what Ellis did, he actually had, it was a motion that they call that a sidecar where he has come along a fund and you've actually used the same thing. It's a special purpose vehicle that you come across uh, with Waymaker, you create a sidecar, you share the fees because you're bringing more value right? This entity type is a pass-through. So in other words, you're creating this vehicle that is actually going to bring funds to fund other type of, of securities and equities. So you are actually creating an investment vehicle that is not, you want to keep it out of the purview of the SEC. That's your goal, right? And so this is so you can raise capital for one or many investments. And the goal is to not be a broker dealer, right? I want to stay out of being managed by the SEC. I've seen pe some people who've gone that road, route. Uh, Ellis and I know that. And, and we don't want to do that. The other thing is, is that as Ellis stated, we can set and we can structure, we can negotiate the compensation for the fund because myself being a pure capital raiser, I want to make sure that I do get some dollars up front. I want to get some run rate. Can I hear it for some run rate? Like we're getting paid as the deal is actually progressing. And I want to get some equity at the end because at the end of the day, I am trying to grow a business. And then also we use this strategy to reduce risk. I've been involved in a lot of syndications. I'm moving towards this model to help reduce risk. So let's talk about like, what are the advantages? I think when you think about a fund to fund models, I think as, as Ellis called out, you can go and take a million dollar fund in these institutional quality funds. You come along, create a sidecar. You can then bring that to your investors where you're thinking about $50,000 minimums, $100,000 minimums, adjusting the minimum is very important. Or you can go 25, right? But this is where you get the ability to set that. The great news about a fund of funds is you control your investor's experience. You get to continue to be the shepherd for your investors, bringing them into investments, and they're talking with you, and you're sharing information from the other teams, but you get to control that. You know, I've seen in syndications, not all of them, but in some of them, where you're all of a sudden you're putting your investors in other people's portal, and they start marketing to those people. That can happen. So this helps prevent that. Right. You can also increase deal flow because at the end of the day, right, you want to become when you are a fund to fund, what you are to an operator is you're just one big check. You're a big fat check. And they love that because they don't have to worry about talking to any of your investors. They may participate in some of your marketing. Right. That doesn't mean they don't participate, but you become to them a single check 
low headache, very dependable. And you can raise that up front. You also want to be able to reduce your compliance risk, right? So you, you don't want to become that registered representative. If you're really becoming a fund manager, it's a much more streamlined way to actually then manage the capital raise and then to actually avoid compliance. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. It's also a great way to collaborate. You can do team ups, right? I mean, Marvel, who doesn't love the Avengers, right? Here, you know, you can create a fund and I can say, hey, Ellis, let's come raise on this thing. He's a fund manager with me. We negotiate fund manager compensation. That's not something that is then under the scrutiny of the SEC. We figure that out ourselves, right? Uh, you can also then develop these creative capital raising strategies you know, as, as Ellis went through, and I'll talk a little bit later, is how do you actually approach, uh, you know, operators? How do you approach other people? When you have a fund that is collecting and has a big check and people want those dollars, you're in a great negotiating position to go and have very rich conversations. And then you get a focus on your strength, which is you just want to make sure that you're able to bring dollars set number of dollars to great investments. And you can really focus on that. And so this is where, in my mind, the, the big advantages are you get the ability to be the big check, support your investors, and then you want to become the operator's preferred partner because you walk in the door and they don't see you. They actually see the check that's standing right behind you. Yeah, presenting is such a good word, man, because what you're doing, you're, just by the way, real quick, you're present, putting yourself in a position of value for both parties, both the investors and the operator, right? And so I love this because you're saying, hey, you're creating, you're, you're becoming a, a person of incredible value. These deals do not happen without private capital. And so great stuff so far, Chris. Keep rolling. Yeah, and I, and actually, and this is what you call it right here, right, is you, you really have this fund of funds where you're bringing your investors into that. So they just see, and they're contributing to the fund. Then you're walking over as the manager, writing the investment. And then the managers, you know, we then figure out how to structure the fund, how we're going to partner together on that. And then how everybody gets paid. So it gets, gets very clean. And what I want to talk about is, okay. And I'm going to just try and give you like the high level of what are the two big pieces of compliance and how do you try and avoid those? Because what I want to give you is sort of the cheat sheet, the swipe file of how would you set something like this up so that you could get ready to run. So you do need to understand that when you're running a fund to fund, there are two big, you know, regulations that you want to make sure that you're staying way out of their way. And there's, and this is again, where understanding them is how you avoid them. And these are guidelines. These aren't hard and fast rules. You always want to make sure you're working with an SEC lawyer who understands and is really blessing and writing documents according to what, what you're trying to do so that then you can, again, continue to move forward and execute. So there's two things. Number one, the Investment Company Act of 1940 and the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. These are two compliance regulations that you want to stay exempt of. So the easiest one, Investment Company Act, if you want to stay compliant, you want to fly under the radar, 99 investors, 99 investors. That's it for your fund, for whatever that fund, that vehicle may be that it's investing in. Is it investing in a syndication? Is it, is it investing in the Waymaker fund? You want to keep it to 99. Well, you may say, well, wait, if I'm at $50,000 minimums, that's only $4,950,000. Well, if you want more, you raise your minimum. $100,000 minimum, right? And this is, again, as we grow and we strengthen ourselves as capital raisers, it does justify us as we're doing larger raises to raise our minimums 
so that we can manage to that 99. But that is what, you know, operating as a fund to fund. The other thing is, is that if you're constantly raising 5 million at a time, there may be a different way that you want to structure yourself and add a few more dollars uh, to run it a little bit differently. The other thing is the Investment Advisors Act, so you aren't called an investment advisor, is invest into a single asset or entity. And so this is, this is very interesting. So I'm running right now, I have an ATM fund that I am investing in a single entity. While that entity is buying multiple ATMs and they're giving a blended return, I am just writing it so it's a single entity. So why is that important? It's important because my investors have a binary choice when they come in, I'm investing in this ATM fund, yes or no. That means that I'm not giving them advice. I'm not advising the team on what to buy or not. They're coming to the fund and it's same thing with Waymaker, right? You're either in Waymaker, or you're out of Waymaker. So that in and of itself means that you're not giving any advice. The investors are choosing what they're investing in. So that again, gets you to fall below that compliance. Now, the other way that you can get out of this is, is you can, if you're bringing enough dollars to a mid-size operator, you can then negotiate for material control rights so that you can, you know, and sometimes voting is, can be an affirmative or it can also be veto rights. Like we want to veto that it's not the right time to sell, or this isn't the loan that we want, or we don't want to do a capital call. But again, this is where you work with your lawyer, but this is, this is the high level of the framework that if you want to go up today and you want to start executing, creating a fund of funds, these are the type of ways that you want to go structure it so that you can fly under these SEC regulations and then you can execute cleanly. Guys, this is so key. Like the information Chris is sharing with you right now is like, you know how hard this is? You cannot, like this is so hard to find on the internet. Like this is such good info. And what he's helping you realize is like, you know, the reason you have been told that you can't do this is because you have to have like a securities license or a broker's dealer's license or whatever. And there's a couple of exemptions that actually allow you to, I don't, by the way, I don't have a license. I don't. We're, we're just we're following or we're figuring out carve outs in the rule that allow us to put these type of funds together. And so, um, again, like you can go have your broker's dealer's license and go that route and do that. But at the same time, you don't have to like this is the beautiful thing about this model that, again, this is opening it up to, you know, people everywhere. We're democratizing real estate, which is a really fun thing to do. And if you look at where the world is going with crypto and, you know, decentralized finance and um, the blockchain, like this is the future of how investments will, will go. And so what I'm saying today is either get on board <laughs> or get out the way is, is really where you kind of need to get your mindset at. So this is really helpful stuff, Chris. Yeah. And, the, and this is, again, why I want to really just, just break it down because to Alice's point, right, we are in the securities business. We're creating securities, but these are private equity. So that means the SEC is not in our business. And so we have to make sure that we are compliant by making sure that we're staying within the bounds of what is not in their purview. And so this is exactly what we're doing. And so this is, again, where all of, all of the regulations that we abide by fall under this, but this is where we want to make sure that we're outside the purview of the SEC. So important. You know, so this is where if you want to set it up easy and you want to say, I want to go and raise a fund of funds, I wanted to give you the swipe file right now. So number one is the easiest thing is only take accredited investors. 
It is. I mean, I know a lot of us do want to serve non-accredited. And so there, that's, there's more nuance to that. But if you really want to set it up easy and you want to stand up a fund of funds, only serve accredited investors, number one. Number two is the 3C1 exemption, right? Is make sure that you're only 99 investors and then watch the minimums, right? And that's the thing is if you do have investors that you know are going to be coming in well above your minimum, then you're going to be funding you know, well over and you'll be able to take some lower minimums as well. Invest in the single asset, like go and partner with a waymaker, partner with a larger entity that has a fund that is set up to go do things. And then you're removing the choice. And so again, this is these, these first through things, like just really boom, 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 hit that compliance. You can also negotiate for material control rights. And then the last thing, and I'm going to talk about this a little later on after I, I, I sort of show you what the challenges are is you want to partner with a good SPV service provider, finding a provider that actually manages a lot of the back end for you so you can focus on capital is very, very important. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. But let's talk about the fact that challenges. This is not all easy. If you are running a fund, that means that you are the manager. You are taking people's dollars and you're stewarding them, right? So that means you got to create the summary. You, you will get some input from whoever is, is running the larger fund or whatever you're investing in, but you got to create your summary. You're going to have to work on your legal documents. You're going to get the original legal documents, but you have to draft those. You're going to need to manage bank accounts. We all are doing investor communications anyway, distributions, and then tax and entity management. So this is running the fund. This is also why it's important as you're structuring your fund, don't go in there with the syndication model of, oh, I'm going to take an acquisition fee up front, some dollars at the end. You will need run rate. Run rate is dollars that come to you monthly or quarterly to run your fund. It's not a ton of money, but you need to figure that in. And I also want to make sure, and I heard Ellis talking about this earlier, if you are out there and you are raising capital, you're aggregating investments, figuring out how to get run rate into your business to pay for your VAs, to pay for your systems, to make sure that you're not cannibalizing or tipping over your business is important. And I learned this the hard way. I learned this in 2020 when all of a sudden deal flow dried up and all of a sudden I was just draining my bank account. I realized, crap, I have to do this differently. And so... And the, and the other thing is, is I just want to call out, I'm a tech guy, right? Is when you're taking people's funds and you're managing this stuff, be aware of cybersecurity, right? There are people who want access to funds like this. So that's important. And so there are out there SPV service providers. I work with a company called Assure, which, you know, they provide a lot of the backend. They provide me with a portal. They are very reasonable on fees. It definitely makes sense when I'm raising a million dollars or more, everything sort of fits into the model. I understand how to go partner with operators and what are the fees that I need to take care of my fund. I can sort of cut and paste that. And then how to really scale. Verivest, Verivest is out there. They, they actually verify a lot of mid-tier operators. They're actually now starting a fund-to-fund service. They're sort of new on the block, but I know they want to do it diligently. TMF Group is that's a larger, more established. I would, I would definitely recommend you want to be looking to two to four million to really approach them. But it's so great when you have somebody who is actually managing your fund, is actually providing you a portal so that then you can focus on your capital raising and you can focus on overseeing the fund. And then this is an expanding space. Like I do expect more people to start coming in here. And I do know that there are people 
uh, people that we know that run a lot of these things themselves with a bank account and they, they sort of put together their own back office. And I'm not trying to say that you can't do that. But for myself, you know, a small shop, you know, myself, and I have, uh, you know, a lot of part-time people in VAs, getting a, a, a strong service provider is, is really important. So I think, uh, I think we're close to time here. Do you want me to hit anything else? Gosh, I mean, this really was so good, Chris. I, I think going real quick on service provider platform tech, you know, we have done both. We've, we've done our on our phone. We tried to run the back office thing ourselves. And part of that was just trying to save costs. Um, and then our, our most recent one, we leveraged the platform. And I just want to say, like, it's so much easier. And I think about how I invest dollars. I mean, it's fast, you know, and I want to be able to do things on my phone and I want to, you know, be able to look into the portal and log in. And like, so just thinking about that is, you know, again, this is why this is why we have our mastermind to help people think from going from, hey, I'm doing a deal to I'm running a business, you know, and I think that yes. is the differentiator is like, treat this like a business, you know, treat this as like, I, I want to bring in hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars of capital. And so, you know, you got to get started. And that's what we were doing. But as we progress, I also realized Hey, I want to do this. I, I want to make this easy on investors. I want to make this easy on myself. And so I think that leveraging the tech and the portal is something I highly recommend. Really doing due diligence there and figuring out what works for you, what works for your investors. It is a little confusing. Chris, I got a question. And this is so good, man. You know, you talked about having compensation throughout the fund. I think, you know, and then even being compensated in the fund, I was just texting this in the mastermind. We're in together of like, hey, we all talk about how much we raised, but like no one's really talking about how much you make. And like, I don't really care if you raise $10 million if you don't make any money. Like, so that is my question back to you is when you say how, like give us, and maybe this is a longer conversation, but are there bullet points to how you're structuring things from 2020 till now that are different that allow you to get paid throughout the lifetime. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you think about the, the traditional syndication model. If you're coming in at a GP, right, you're going to get your, you know, two, you know, you're going to get your portion of the promote, right. And generally speaking, right. To be compliant in syndications, we usually agree beforehand, which group, and we create a JV because we have dedicated dollars. And then there's a split out between the, the GP on the back end and then the, the carving up of the 2% on the front end. But in my mind, it's usually like, if you're going to raise a million dollars, you're probably gonna get 24K up front. That's just speaking round numbers. And you're probably then gonna get somewhere between, depending on how the deal goes, anywhere between 60 and 100 on the back end, five years later. That's how it's gonna land, right? I mean, just, in the, and I, dude, I love that message this morning because it's like, how much are we making? When is the dollars coming in? How does it support our business? Now, what I'm looking at is I'd much rather reduce my points on the back end and say, okay, but I wanna try and see, can I get, you know, two or three grand every quarter that's feeding my business for every million dollars that I'm raising so that then I can start stacking that and I can get some run rate in addition because I like the dollars up front. It covers my marketing costs, fuels the bank account, you know, maybe some travel expenses and then take off a little profit. But I'm really trying to stack. And now as I go in and I say, look, I am going to bring you, you know, one, two, three million dollars. I'm just going to walk in with a check. You don't need to sit here and manage me or whatever. But what I'm looking for is reduce my points. Give me some of the asset management fee. Help me understand how I can participate in some run rate. 
you know, and again, some of those aren't easy conversations. Some people are going to say no, totally fine. But I am going to keep asking and I'm going to keep looking for deals. This is why I did the ATM deal. I did a sidecar and I am not able to give the same result as the uh, as the people who actually own the fund, but they have higher minimums. So they have 100K minimums. I'm coming in with a lower minimum, but I'm doing a 95-5 split. And I've seen other people doing sidecars at a 90-10 split. So I know I'm leaning it out. But for every million dollars raised, uh, not only do I get the 2% up front, but I also get uh, $1,000 a month for the next seven years. So that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to stack that up again, run rate to the business. So this is where I'm trying to look at deals now and say, as I'm running my business, I need to make sure that I'm having, you know, I'm trying to do my budgeting, my planning so that I'm getting cash. It covers all my systems, all my VAs. Uh, and, and stack that up. But that's yeah. it's super important, especially as you're you're building out this business. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a longer conversation, but that's really helpful. I just think, you know, if you're raising money, if you're not raising money yet, then trust me, these are the questions that we've already, ex the reason I'm asking this is because I'm we've experienced this. Like we raised the money, closed the deal, and then it was like, oh crap, like I forgot I got to go pay filing taxes you know, filing fees every year. And I got to, you know, pay for my software and technology and all the stuff that keeps going. And I still got to pay myself, right? So like, I'm asking these questions because I've experienced it. So that's, you know, that's part of why we're in a mastermind together. We have our own mastermind. So Chris, I can't thank you enough, man. This has been great. Um, really, really good stuff. Make oh, sure hey, I got Caleb. Caleb asked a question. Can I answer Caleb's question? Please. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Just making sure he's a, he's a favored member of the group. Yeah. Uh, hey man. So about what about being a passive investor within a syndication caused you to look into and pursue the fund to fund models? Well, so, I mean, the journey for me, you know, went like this, Caleb is I was a passive investor and what happened is I was passive investing. And then I had a lot of friends from the Bay area who were saying, Oh my gosh, we want to invest with you and alongside you. And so what happened is then I, I was at first was reticent, man. I was like, I don't know if I want to take your money. Like I'm investing money for people. Like I just really want to invest my family's own money. But what happened, man, is my heart started really breaking for these people because there's these tech employees that are making great money that still have the, you know, poor education that a lot of people do on what's possible in finance. And they didn't know how to get out of the rat race. And so, you know, God really leaned on my heart and said, hey, man, I want to call you to serve these people by doing investment. So I moved in there first. And that's when I started with syndicating, because I think in 2017, when I got started doing this business, like it was a little bit of the Wild West. And there was a lot of like, oh, yeah, we're all syndicating, bro. And we were, you know, moving, moving some dollars. And then the SEC came in and there was a lot of oversight, a lot of scrutiny, and there was tightening up of the syndication model. But then uh, at that point, it was, um, you know, how do we think about doing this compliantly? And this is where the fund of fund model started coming out as, oh, actually, if you play within these rules, it's a very compliant way, very flexible. And then it, it just, I saw the benefit, like I want to make sure and serve and be the voice to my investors. I don't want them to get too confused by who I'm investing with, because I have a little different message, I think, because I'm focused on helping them build a portfolio and deploy, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, not just invest in a single deal or keep investing in this deal. And, and then the other thing is, is 
you know, as we talked about here is I started realizing like the fund to fund models is a way for me to generate run rate for my business, you know? And so if, the, if it overperforms, I want to take a few more points, right? Because this is what I'm preaching is I don't want asset under management for just holding your money. But if the, if, if I'm choosing the right investments, then I want to share in the upside. And I want to, again, make sure that that's coming into my business because then I can do more, then I can bring more and I can grow more. And that's us sharing in abundance. Yeah, that's excellent. Uh, the, the best way to contact me is Christopher at WealthWord. And Word is W-A-R-D. So like moving you towards wealth.com. Christopher at wealthword.com. And it's it's the uh, standard American, and and I'm sure Ellis will share that with you too. Wealth, well, I didn't realize that about your name. I like that. That's good. Man. Wealth word, yeah, moving you towards wealth. I mean, that's that's truly we found that as an empty vessel, and it's an adverb, and so we want to make sure like it has to go with an action. Like an adverb needs a verb, so you have to move wealth word. You have to, you know, grow wealth word, and so this is really what we want. It's a mindset, and it's a lifestyle. Good stuff, guys. Virtual clap. I mean, my man, crush. Uh, yeah, Chris, amazing! You brought the heat, man. We're not done, guys. Like we, I mean, I mean, literally, like there's so much here. But um, if you want the recording, go to the YouTube channel. Make sure we post that up, guys. If you're interested in doing this fun of fun models, listen. I, like Chris is saying, you don't have to be the operator, right? Like if you just are in a, in a, you could build a network. You're good at social media. You come from an influential background ways to leverage that and get and i want to make light of the king mario mastermind because if you have a special talent in building a network or raising funds guys we're building a community of deal makers that you could literally come alongside of and place capital with and create a model like chris has created and begin to leverage that and carve out equity for yourself into deals and so you know what we're building is an ecosystem so i just want to just bring that up again is if you're hearing this like hey i can do this or this makes a lot of sense get going on this and then reach out to us about joining a mastermind. Cause this is when you have access to relationships, like Chris is talking about, this is how you begin to carve out opportunities for yourself and for your investors. So Chris, I can't thank you enough, man. We're going to bring up Lisa and um, brother. We'll talk soon, man. Okay, man. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is listen. If you are a faith driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to the kingdom rei.com to learn about our mastermind if you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that cheers